Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Brace yourself, CBD. There's some other cannabinoids in town, and they may even steal the spotlight. Here to break down CBG and CBN is Kat Merrifield. She's the founder of CBD brand Cats Naturals. She has a background in natural health and nutrition and is an expert on all things hemp and cannabis. Welcome to the NutriCast, Cat. Hi, thank you. I'm glad to be here. You just rolled out some new CBN and CBG products, right? We have just rolled out a new CBG product called Metabolize Plus, and we're working on getting a CBN product to market, hopefully sometime in September. So for those who don't know, what exactly is CBN and CBG? CBN and CBG are other cannabinoids found within the cannabis plant. They have different uses than CBD, but they are also in the lineup with CBD. CBG would be considered the mother of all cannabinoids. So it's the first one to show up in the plant. And then as it metabolizes, it actually produces CBD and THC and CBC. CBN, on the other hand, is a cannabinoid that is not naturally found in the cannabis plant but it is a degradation of the THC molecule as it ages. Okay. So what's the extraction process like? I imagine it's different for both, but could you kind of break that part down? So with the CBG, you're going to extract that from the plant when it's a lot younger. So instead of letting the plant mature in the fields over about a 12 to 18 week process, like we do with the extraction of CBD, it actually comes out of the ground somewhere around six to eight weeks before it has converted to the other cannabinoids. And that way you can get a little bit more from the plant. Otherwise, it's what we call a minor cannabinoid. And so most strains have already used up all that CBG, or at least most of it, making other cannabinoids. The CBN, on the other hand, is extracted from older plant material originally, usually plant material that's high in THC. So we didn't have a lot of it in the you know non-legal states. Mm-hmm. But a lot of great growers and labs are starting to learn how to convert that from hemp and other materials in their facilities first and then do the extraction. And the ones we work with are isolates. And so it's going to go through a much longer process where it's changed several times and distilled and then finally using chromatography turned into an isolated molecule that we then use for formulation. Wow. It sounds like a really complicated process. Is it expensive because you have to go through so much with it? It is actually very expensive. The price is coming down now that they're learning a little bit more about it and we're able to get that CBG in the younger phase of the plant. So the price has gone down by about half, but it's still about 15000 a kilo. You can get it a little bit lower if you're buying it in bulk. CBN, on the other hand, is you know, still around twenty to 30000 a kilo. So you don't need a huge amount in your formulation, which is great. But our CBG formula actually has a one-to-one ratio of CBG and CBD. Okay. And then just for comparison, how much is a kilo for CBD? Well, five years ago when we started our company, CBD was going for about the same price as CBG. It was between 20 to 30 
thousand a kilo. Then it started to go down two years ago. It was down around 10,000. And then last year we had an overproduction of hemp across the country. And so now a kilo of CBD goes for between two and 5,000 a kilo. Wow. So it's come a long way from, you said up to 30,000 a kilo. Yes. Do you predict that CBG and CBN could get as low as that or not quite? I think it'll be a little while, just like with the CBD. But yeah, I think that eventually we're going to see all the cannabinoids kind of hitting a homeostasis where Mm -hmm. the pricing is about normal. You know, you have all of these different companies that are going to be vying for business a lot like we have with the CBD industry now. And we'll see more of a production of these different plants that are higher in these minor cannabinoids. So the extraction process doesn't take so much plant material. You mentioned there was an overproduction of hemp last year. What are things looking like in the hemp industry with all that's going on as far as a pandemic goes? Well, it's definitely um, caused a lot of havoc for us as well. We're not seeing farmers looking to grow at all. You know, there's a few of the of the veteran farmers that are like, hey, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. We do have contracts, but business overall has gone down as our storefronts, you know, that carry our products have started to disappear or close their doors. And, you know, other wholesale accounts, you know, they they can't pay their bills because they don't have any money coming in. And it's just kind of trickling down through the industry and, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where this lands. I do know that there's still going to be production of it. And we may be able to utilize all that overgrown hemp last year that was extracted. And then nobody had a buyer for it. So we may be able to utilize that last year's supply, which will be great. But it'll be interesting to see who's left standing at the end of this year. Right, right. As you mentioned, a major trickle-down impact. Has your company been impacted? Were you able to stay open? Are you considered essential? We are luckily considered essential in our town because we have been a a large employer and we have been able to stay open with a minimum of employees. So we did have to let a few go. And then our office staff worked from home. So for a good six weeks, it kind of looked like a ghost town in here, just keeping everything minimally running. But everybody's coming back. And we also started producing hand sanitizer to help out our local community. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. So we were able to, you know, as our community has opened up again, we were able to get our employees to come back and ramp up production again. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been nerve wracking and we've definitely had an impact as our wholesalers have been impacted. But luckily, we do have an e-commerce side, and so it's kept us afloat. You brought up hand sanitizer, and I was just wondering, can you kind of explain how you go from hemp and cannabis to sanitizer? Well, luckily, I'm not just a hemp-focused you know, entrepreneur. I'm actually a formulator in general. So we have a lot of machines that are running in automated cycles. We're able to produce large amounts of product. And Mm -hmm. we're also in a GMP inspected facility. So we have everything in place to change gears if we need to. It's, of course, not my passion, but I'm really glad that we were able to help in a situation that really called for it. There just wasn't enough supply of that going around. So we've, you know, we found our 
our niche for the moment, but mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to be a long-term hand sanitizer producer. We're just trying to fill a void right now. Right. It was nice that you could jump in and fill that void. As you mentioned, up until recently, you had to have a, a certain type of facility to produce hand sanitizer. Is that correct? Yes. And going back to CBG and CBN, um, I know a lot of people are probably wondering, as they often wonder with CBD, does it contain THC? No, it does not. So it is an isolated molecule. And you do find those minor cannabinoids in a full spectrum product, just not in large amounts. So if you're finding CBG or very tiny amounts of CBN in your full spectrum product, you may have a little THC in there. But as an isolated molecule, there is zero THC left. Is this something that we put in a sports supplement then? Absolutely. That's kind of what our Metabolize Plus product is geared towards. So we do use the isolated CBG and the isolated CBD, and that way it's completely THC-free. We also use terpenes that we reintroduce that come from the cannabis plant, um, one in particular that's called humulene, and that is a natural appetite suppressant. So the formulation was for recovery, for the energy, and for the metabolizing and your digestive system. So it's, it's a great formulation to get people going and kind of give them a jump start on their sports program. How much research has been done on CBG and CBN? I think it's been about the same as with CBD. It hasn't necessarily gone through a lot of clinical trials because they don't allow you to. But, you know, it's been tested amongst us hemp enthusiasts for quite some time. I mean, I've been working with it for over a year and a half now. And, you know, other labs have been working on it even longer. It was originally discovered, you know, back in the 90s in Israel. So they have a lot more studies over there. And we're just kind of gleaning off of those. And then for our company, we had our formulation in our own trials with some of our customer base to just get feedback and find out exactly what was the sweet spot for it. You know, how was it working with people? And it was the same process we really had to go through with CBD when it entered into the market. So you kind of conducted your own focus groups. Exactly. And that's really across the whole hemp industry. We see a lot of companies that are very passionate about this plant. And, you know, I can't speak for all of them. There's 9,500 now, but the ones that are really dedicated to their customers and making superior products, they all put their products to a test because they want to see how it's reacting with people before they just put them out into the market. Where do these sit in terms of regulation? Regulation is definitely titchy. We've been in this strange gray area for years and they keep telling us that they're going to make regulations and then they don't. What we do as an industry is we try to self-regulate. So a lot of us early enters into the marketplace have kind of set our own standards. We want to be like the other manufacturers of nutraceuticals and go by their regulations and their laws. We want to have clean facilities. It actually took my company a year of begging our Tennessee agricultural area to please give us some regulating party. And then they finally gave us the food inspection 
And then now we've gone into the GMP inspection, but they still are not allowing us any FDA inspections or anything like that. But for a lot of our companies, we are regulating ourselves as if the FDA would be coming in. And that way, if they do, they don't just take us all out. That's a smart move. Where does it fall in line with CBD? It holds a lot of uncertainty as well. Well, CBG and CBN, just they're just starting to be talked about. And so they're not really on a radar yet. Kind of like CBD was you know, five or six years ago. Nobody was really talking about it. And so the regulatory agencies didn't really care. And it's the same thing with the minor cannabinoids now is there's just not enough buzz around them, I guess. But as soon as there is, I'm sure they're going to make sure that those are put into the same gray area as CBD. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Can't wait for that. (laughs) Yeah. So as if there isn't enough confusion around CBD, then you bring in these other minor cannabinoids and there's even more uh, uncertainty. (laughs) Exactly. But we are starting to see, you know, a lot of people like you who are focusing on the rest of the plant. And that's very exciting. Because there's hundreds, right? I mean, it doesn't stop there. There There's so many different parts of this plant you could talk about. Oh, yes. And we haven't even cracked the surface. You know, we've only got about 16 that we've kind of gotten a handle on, and most of them aren't in large amounts within the plant. And so we haven't really gotten a chance to isolate those and study them very much. But as far as, you know, the five or six major cannabinoids that we see quite prominently within the plant, those are starting to get a lot more attention. And that's very exciting. That is certainly exciting. Where do you see CBG, CBN, and some of these other minor cannabinoids, say, in the next five, six years? I think they're going to be as well used as CBD is. They're going to have their niches and people are going to be able to get cannabis products specifically geared towards their needs. Because as we're isolating these molecules, we can basically rebuild a plant for someone's needs. Like if they had, you know, let's say IBS, we may put three different cannabinoids that really pinpoint their ailment in a little bit higher amounts than you would see naturally in the plant. And that way, you know, they're able to to use something that's going to be highly efficient for them. So I think that that's what we're going to see in the future. We've got a lot to look forward to. Kat Merrifield, founder of Cats Naturals, thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast. Thank you very much for having me. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast on iTunes. And for even more neutral-related content, you can always head to NutraIngredients-USA.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.